This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of Sprengel's deformity from the pediatric section on orthobullets.com. Sprengel's deformity is a congenital condition with a small and undescended scapula, often associated with scapular winging, hypoplasia, as well as an omovertebral connection between the superior medial angle of the scapula and the cervical spine in 30 to 50% of patients. As far as the epidemiology of Sprengel's deformity, this is the most common congenital shoulder anomaly in children, and the male-to-female ratio is 1 to 3. As far as the location, Sprengel's deformity is bilateral in 10 to 30% of cases. As far as the etiology of Sprengel's deformity, it's thought to be from an interruption of embryonic subclavian blood supply. This can be at the level of the subclavian, internal thoracic, or suprascapular artery. In contrast, Poland syndrome is a subclavian artery interruption proximal to the internal thoracic and distal to the vertebral artery. Associated conditions with Sprengel's deformity include clipple fail, in which approximately one-third of patients have a Sprengel's deformity, congenital scoliosis, upper extremity anomalies, diastomyotomalia, and kidney disease. Now let's go over some relevant anatomy, specifically the osteology, articulations, and muscles. As far as the osteology, the scapula consists of the body, the spine, the acromion, the coracoid process, and the glenoid. As far as articulations, there's the AC joint and glenohumeral diarthrodial articulations of the scapula. As far as the muscles, the muscles that insert on the medial border of the scapula include the levator scapula, rhomboids major and minor, a small portion of the teres major, just proximal to the inferior angle, and the latissimus dorsi, in which a small slip of the origin is at the inferior angle. Patients with Sprengel's deformity often present to the office as a referral for evaluation of scoliosis. Physical exam may reveal a high-riding medially rotated scapula, loss of a long medial border, an equilateral triangle-like shape, shoulder abduction that is most limited due to the loss of normal scapulothoracic motion and glenoid malpositioning, and also forward flexion that is limited as well. Treatment of Sprengel's deformity can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes observation, which is when there's no severe cosmetic concerns or loss of shoulder function. Operative options include surgical correction, and this is indicated when there's severe cosmetic concerns or functional deformities, specifically abduction of less than 110 to 120 degrees. Keep in mind that it's best to perform surgery from 3 to 8 years of age, as there is risk of nerve impairment after the age of 8. With respect to preoperative planning, an MRI or CT scan should be obtained to identify an omovertebral bar. Some specific procedures for Sprengel's deformity include the Woodward procedure, a Schrock or Green procedure, a clavicle osteotomy, or bony resection. The Woodward procedure involves detachment and reattachment of the medial parascapular muscles at the spinous process origin to allow the scapula to move inferiorly and rotate into more shoulder abduction. A modified Woodward procedure includes resection of the superior medial border of the scapula in conjunction with surgical descent. A Schrock and Green procedure involves extraperiosteal detachment of the paraspinal muscles at the scapular insertion and reinsertion after the inferior movement of the scapula with traction cables. A clavicle osteotomy can be done in conjunction with a Woodward procedure or a Schrock and Green procedure for severe deformity to avoid brachial plexus injury, and remember that this is performed before the movement of the clavicle.
Finally, a bony resection is an extra periosteal resection of the proximal scapular prominence for cosmetic concerns, and this may be done with other procedures or alone. As far as outcomes, Woodward and Green procedures can improve abduction by 40 to 50 degrees. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, a five-year-old patient presents to the orthopedic clinic with shoulder asymmetry and limited abduction. The patient's parents explain this deformity has been present since birth, and now the child is unable to reach overhead and participate in play. On examination, the left scapula is elevated with medial rotation of the inferior pole. Which of the following is the most common associated finding on further imaging? And the choices are one, absent clavicle, two, spina bifida, three, cervical spine abnormalities, four, horseshoe kidney, and five, proximal humeral deficiency. The correct answer to this question is three, cervical spine abnormalities. So the patient has Sprengel's deformity, which is commonly seen with Klippel-Fail syndrome, which is associated with congenital cervical spine abnormalities. To quickly review, Sprengel's deformity is the eponym for a congenital elevation of the scapula due to a failure in proper caudal migration, often with restricted motion of the scapula due to an omovertebral bone or other spinoscapular linkage. It may be bilateral in 10 to 30% of cases, cause a broad, short, webbed neck as in Turner syndrome, though it's asymmetric if unilateral, and in some cases be associated with Klippel-Fail syndrome. Grogan et al. report their classic case series in Toronto of 21 cases treated with the Woodward procedure, that is resection of the ulmer vertebral bone and inferior transfer of the muscular scapular attachments. They report a 3 to 1 female to male ratio in cases and 38 degree improvement in shoulder abduction and average 2 centimeter lowering of the scapula after surgery, improving both cosmesis and function in 80% of patients. Farsetti et al. more recently describe a long-term follow-up series of 22 patients with an average of a 26-year follow-up. This cohort was mixed operative patients and non-operative. They conclude that surgery does improve shoulder abduction and there's improvement cosmetically in the scapular position, but pain was present in almost all patients at long-term follow-up in both groups. Kadavkalan et al. present a thorough review of the pathophysiology, classification, clinical findings, and surgical options for patients with Sprengel's deformity. They report an equal prevalence in boys and girls, but a higher rate of left versus right-sided disease. Moving on to the next question, which of the following conditions is characterized by failure of the scapula to migrate caudally during fetal development? And the choices are 1. Poland syndrome, 2. Sprengel's deformity, 3. Neist's dysplasia, four, Beckwith-Wideman syndrome, and five, Rett syndrome. The correct answer to this question is two, Sprengel's deformity. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're reviewing the topic of Sprengel's deformity, you should have gotten this question correct. But to quickly review, Sprengel's deformity is caused by failure of the shoulder to descend caudally during fetal development. This leads to elevation and medial rotation of the inferior border of the scapula. It's associated with Klippel-Fail syndrome, congenital scoliosis, fused ribs, the presence of an omovertebral bone, and myelomeningocele. Treatment is aimed at improved cosmesis and range of motion of the shoulder. Bellmans et al. and Leibovich et al. successfully treated Sprengel's deformity patients with a modified Greens procedure, which entails transfer of the periscapular muscles via detachment at the scapula. 
Borges et al. improved function with a different procedure called the modified Woodward, which lowers the scapula via detaching muscles off the spinous processes before reattaching more distally and adding a resection of the superior medial scapula. And moving on to the final question. A four-year-old boy with clipple fail syndrome has elevation of the left scapula since birth. Spine radiographs show no evidence of scoliosis. What shoulder motion is likely to be most limited? And the choices are one, adduction, two, abduction, three, internal rotation, four, external rotation, and five, extension. The correct answer to this question is two, abduction. So the patient has Sprengel's deformity or congenital elevation of the scapula, which is the most common congenital shoulder abnormality. Associated conditions with Sprengel's deformity include Klippel-Fail syndrome, congenital scoliosis, and torticollis. Function of the shoulder in mild cases is typically good, with clinically significant limitations in abduction and forward flexion limited to moderate and severe cases. Harvey et al. report that shoulder abduction is the most common reduction in glenohumeral motion and is poorly compensated by a concomitant lack of scapulothoracic motion. They suggest surgery is indicated due to functional or cosmetic reasons in Cavendish class 3 and 4, which are highlighted by shoulder elevation greater than 2 centimeters and abduction typically less than 90 degrees. Farsetti, in a retrospective analysis of eight patients with Sprengel's deformity, reported an average improvement in shoulder abduction of 38 degrees, and seven of eight reported improved cosmesis. That's all for this review of Sprengel's deformity. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that this podcast is designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.